0: Hello. Welcome to our third episode of interesting stuff. This is another civics one. And here we're going to talk about, um, we're going to continue our discussion of the Locke and Hobbes um, kind of political theory stuff that um, I talked about in the first two episodes. Um, in the last episode, I talked about. Um, states of nature and why we sort of engage in that kind of little thought experiment Um, and one of the main reasons we do that is to kind of think about how we should structure governments so you know whatever you think life would be like in a state of nature kind of then has something to do with how you think governments should be structured Um, And so that's what we're going to talk about quickly in this episode. This will be a short one. Um, So for Locke, let's start with Locke. So in the last episode, you know, I talked about how Locke's, in Locke's state of nature, because we know, because we can know about natural rights and sort of discover them through reason, we then are able to come together and agree on things and and whatnot. And then what that means then for government is that we're able to come together and and be a little more purposeful um, in the kind of government we can create. And for Locke, the kind of government that we would create or that we should create is one that protects rights. So for Locke, because we have these natural rights that are so important, Um, And because in a state of nature, we, you know, kind of the very basis of morality itself has to do with um, sort of protecting our our own natural rights and also looking after the natural rights of others. So in, in other words, it's unethical or immoral to violate another person's rights. Because of these basic principles, then the the purpose of a government for Locke is simply to protect rights. Now, how does this happen? What Locke says, and a lot of other um, political philosophers um, have similar ideas, um, is that we form a social contract. What that means is, well, actually, let's just think about what a contract is. So a contract, right, is when, you know, in its simplest form, we'll just say two people. Two people come to an agreement that they, and in that agreement, they both sort of promise to do certain things for the other. Um, And what that means is for each person who is a part of that contract for each side, there's things that are required of them that they have to do. So in this contract that Locke imagines being the beginning of a government, we come together and we make an agreement with one another and with the government we are creating. And the sort of um, basic structure of that agreement for Locke is he thinks of it in the framework of his natural rights Uh, theory. So he says, we come together and we all agree to sort of give up some of our rights um, to this, uh, to the government that we're creating in exchange for that government um, protecting our rights. And so think of this like a, a contract. So what do I have to do? Well, I have to follow the laws that the government uh, creates. And if it's doing it properly, according to Locke, then all the laws should be designed to just protect rights. And so all of the members of this uh, society then would be required to follow those laws. But the government has to do things too. The government can't, for example, violate our rights and This is kind of an important idea in Locke, is that this social contract is ongoing. If, for example, the government, say, violated our natural rights, the contract would be sort of voided in the same way that, you know, nowadays we might have contracts. And if one, you know, you might have a contract to, um, I don't know, one business says they're going to make... A thousand axles for cars, and then you know, Toyota has agreed to purchase them. You know, if the company doesn't make all the axles, Toyota doesn't have to pay them, right? Because the contract has been sort of violated. So if one side on, on one on a contract violates what they say they're gonna do, the other side doesn't have to do what it said it was gonna do either. The contract goes away. Locke believes the same thing is true of a social contract. When it comes to our agreement with the government. And that's why he believes we have a right to revolt against the government. So if the government is violating our rights, then obviously it's no longer protecting our rights, which remember for Locke is the only purpose of a government to protect our rights. Once they stop protecting them, um, you know, by, for example, violating them then the contract is voided and we can abolish that government and form a new one. This is exactly what the American revolutionaries said. If, um, if you look at the declaration of independence, it is, it is very, um, Lockean in in its logic. You know, Jefferson literally lists a whole bunch of things that, um, the the English crown had done wrong. Um, And all of these things are sort of um, described as violations of our rights. And because of this, we have a right to revolt. Um, And these ideas of Locke are kind of where this comes from, the social contract idea. So, you know, the the, um, revolutionary generation in the US, Uh, or what, you know, became the US after the revolution, those guys were thinking about this stuff in the same kind of way. Um, you know, the, the government in England, King George had violated, um, this social contract. And so we have a right to abolish our ties with Great Britain and form a new government. Um, so Hobbes is a little different. Um, you know, really the point of bringing up Hobbes is kind of to help understand Locke a little better. So, you know, Locke, these Lockean ideas are the ones that our nation really is more based on. Hobbes actually did kind of, he used social contract also um, to, to sort of understand the origins of government. But remember, he's an absolute monarchist. So Um, You might kind of think it's weird that, oh, but he's a social contract guy too. But it kind of makes sense if you think about um, what he thought of the state of nature. Remember, he thinks that in a state of nature, it's a constant state of war and everyone's fearful and suspicious of each other. So for him, he agrees, he shares this view with Locke that The origin of government is that kind of people would come together to agree to form a government. But for him, remember, he he doesn't believe all this natural rights, natural law stuff. Um, For him, people would just get together to agree to form a government out of a sense of desperation because they need security. So in his state of nature, it would be more like. Everyone getting together and saying, yes, sure, we will, um, you know, you know, allow you to be our ruler, you know, to the most powerful kind of warlord um, just to be safe. So, yeah, sure. We'll give you uh, whatever you want. We'll pay your taxes. We'll give you half of all of our crops. Um, We'll do all that just to live in orderly you know peace and not having to look over our shoulder all the time uh fearful that someone's going to murder us um and so then a government gets created it's an absolute monarchy with you know kind of the most powerful person at at the top of it and then for him the contract is over there's no there's no sort of enduring ongoing agreement where then the subjects can say oh but you're violating our rights we're going to rebel against you um For Hobbes, because the purpose of all this is just to provide security, um, it's over once it's created. So for him, it's more about, well, yeah, that's where governments came from in some theoretical, you know, distant past. But now that we have them, there's no right to sort of overthrow the government because um, then we'll just be back in this state of nature that's horrible and terrifying. And, uh, you know, that wouldn't be worth it. Um, another, another important idea, just kind of moving on from social contract, um, is the idea of consent. In the last episode, I mentioned it kind of in passing, but it's important to understand what it is. So um, consent just means uh, giving permission for something. So, um, you know, all you guys listening who are, you know, uh, uh, middle school students, you know, your your parents probably have to sign parental consent forms all the time to get, to allow you to go on field trips and stuff and what that consent means is that they they know what's going to happen uh you know that you're going to get on a bus and go somewhere and they agree to that um consent for Locke is really at the heart of all this so in order to form a social contract you have to consent to be governed And that consent kind of is ongoing. So the only reason why any government um, is legitimate, you know, is lawful, is legit, uh, so to speak. The only reason that any government is legit for Locke is because um, their power and authority comes from the consent of all the people that they're ruling over. Um, and that's really important. Um, and because of that, that kind of, that kind of uh, um, is related to this idea of that we have, that we have a right to revolt, you know, um, because we're the ones with the power. We're the ones that um, give that power to whatever our government is so that they can rule over us. But at the end of the day, they only have power because we consented to, um, to allow them to sort of rule over us. Um so that's it for this episode. Um I really just wanted to kind of have a separate a separate one on social contract um cuz it's a big idea um but that kind of wraps up our our sort of intro to um Lockean political thought. Um and so that's it for today and um Thank you for listening, guys. See you later.